Happy New Year, church. Oh, I, I get it. You, you didn't hear what I said. Let me, let me say it the right way, the Laredo way. Happy Nur, church. <laughs> it is a new year, and like Pastor Joey mentioned, we're starting a new series that we've entitled Renew. But before we get started, I want to remind us again, just like we've heard already like 5,000 times, we are starting next week in a new building and a reminder again that it's not about the building. It's about the church. And it is a little bittersweet for me as I am preaching my last sermon here at this building. And for most of us, I believe you feel the same way I do. This is our home. This is where I became a believer. This is where I was baptized. This is where my family was baptized. This is where I became a godly man. So we need to encourage others by inviting others to hear the good news. Because we have to remember our mission is to bring our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And that's why we're here. Another reminder, our vision to accomplish our mission is to plant churches all over Laredo. Every zip code, God willing, will know about Grace Bible Church. This campus will stay. This is going to be our Spanish-speaking campus, Somos Grace. English campus, San Isidro. And soon, hopefully soon, we'll launch off as we build up more pastors and more leaders to go and spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to spread the gospel. Let us remember that, that is our priority. Not a big church, but to share his kingdom to everyone here in Laredo, Texas and beyond. You know, every year, and I've done this for the past five years, I Google New Year resolutions. And I'm just curious to see what the New Year resolutions are. And this year for 2023, at number one is, guess, weight loss. It's been like that since forever. And I guess we're not doing a very good job because it's always on the top of our list. But 2023 as well, number one is weight loss. Number two is to get our finances in order. And that's not new either. And number three kind of has to do with number one is to get healthier. I don't know the difference, but anyways, number four, to take more time off, to vacation, to travel, to relax. And number five, now this is new this year, is to start a business. Interesting. And again, for the past five years, I've been researching and you know what I've noticed for the past five years? It's never on the list do they have to get closer to God. Not once. Not once on the list have I seen my New Year's resolution is to do God's will in my life. Again, our New Year's resolution, if we're honest, if we do have one, is selfish. It's all about us. What if, church... What if this year, as a Grace family, we put God the priority in our lives? Not losing weight, not watching our finances, important stuff, but more importantly, as Matthew 6.33 says, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, top of the list. How would that change your life? How would it change our community? Something to think about. Now, you're probably thinking, I hope, because we're at church, yeah, I'm all in. That's going to be number one in my list. But you're asking maybe yourself, what is God's will? How do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. 
And here is what Paul says the will of God is. Verse 1, he says, I appeal. There's a sense of urgency. I appeal to you, therefore. Now, every time you see that word, therefore, in the Bible, you got to ask yourselves, what is it there for? For the first 11 chapters of this letter that Paul wrote, he's been talking about God's compassion, God's mercy, how we have been changed through God. So that's why he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What Paul is telling you, what Paul is telling me is that every day in everything that we do, we need to live as an offering, as a sacrifice to God. And what is this offering? It's a complete change in lifestyle. That's what that is. Look what he says. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That word transformed in Greek is metamorpho. Where we get our translation, metamorphosis, which is a, which is a change from the inside out. And how are we going to do this? What is the key to this change? It is the renewal of our minds. And that's what we're going to be talking about this month in the series we've called Renew. And what we're going to cover for the month of January are four things. What it looks like when we renew our mind and change the way we make decisions. We're also going to cover to see what it looks like and when we renew our minds and change the way we lead. We're going to see what it looks like when we renew our minds, when we are transformed and do marriage. What it looks like to honor God in our marriage. And last but not least, in this month, we're going to look like what it looks like to renew our minds in the way we do community, in the way we do church. And today, as I mentioned, we're going to see how God wants us really to make decisions. Because often I get asked, and I think most of the pastors here get asked, will you pray for me? I need to know what God wants me to do and the decision I have to make. I have this new job, this new opportunity, and I don't know if it will honor God. I don't know if I should jump into this relationship. I don't know if I should do this, but I do know this. And I want you to pray for me. Whatever decision I make, I want it to glorify God. But here's the truth, and we know this. We will convince ourselves of anything. We will justify ourselves of anything just in order to get what we want. We do. And I, I'm guilty of this as well. And I've heard this also. Pastor, I don't know if, if we should build a pool. But I do know this. If we do build a pool, we're going to baptize all of Laredo. So we're doing it for his glory. Should I build a new house? And I know I want to build a new house because I want to have a big, big house. And the reason for that, Pastor, is to have community groups. And I'm going to have an 87-inch TV so we can all see the lesson for the day. So we justify our decision-making and we try to convince ourselves that it's the will of God. 
And see, we ask ourselves this, is it the right thing to do or is it the wrong thing to do? And we're asking ourselves the wrong question because there's nothing wrong with building a pool or buying a 89-inch TV. There's nothing wrong in that. But as we're going to see, as Andy Stanley tells us in his book, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets, we need to ask ourselves five questions. Five important questions before we make any decisions in our life. And because of the time we have here this morning, I'm only going to cover three. Again, this is based on a book by Andy Stanley called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. I highly recommend you read this book. And here's what... Andy Stanley says, three questions we need to ask ourselves. And this is what he categorizes the questions. The first one is called the maturity question. The maturity question. The second is the conscience question. And the third is the legacy question. So let's begin. The first one, the maturity question. And what is that question? What is the question we need to ask ourselves? What is the wise thing to do? Not right, not wrong, but what is the wise thing to do? Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 5 verse 15. Listen, he says, look carefully then how you walk. Be careful how you live is what he's saying. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Our society tells us differently than what the God's word tells us. Our society says, you need it now. You want it now. You need this bigger TV, faster car. And Paul is saying, don't live unwisely, but live wisely. Verse 17, therefore, don't be foolish, but consider what the will, and there's that word again, what the will of the Lord is. Paul is telling us, be careful in your decision making. Don't be careless I love how the message interprets this verse. Look what it says. It says, watch your step, use your head, don't live carelessly, unthinking. And we've all done this. I know you have because I've done it. We make a decision and then we think to ourselves and say to ourselves, what was I thinking? How could I have been so foolish? Because the question you asked was the wrong question. The question we need to ask ourselves is, is it the wise thing to do? And then we need to go a little deeper than that. And here's what we need to ask ourselves. Based on my past experience, my current situation, and my future hopes and dreams, is it the wise thing to do? Did you catch that? That's what we need to ask ourselves. My wife has been wanting a car for a while now, a brand new car. She loves the car we have. And so I asked myself in making the decision, is it the wise thing to do based on my past situation? There was a time when, when my whole family was in so much debt. And I live from that. And I don't ever want to go back to that. I don't ever want my money to control me. So I asked myself, based on my past experiences, being in debt, right now, is it the wise thing to do? Based on my current situation, is purchasing a car a wise thing to do? We've got two boys in college. My wife just took a pay cut. Is it the wise thing to do to buy a car and get into more debt? Based on my future, our future hopes and dreams, is it the wise thing to do? We want to retire one of these days. 
Not stop working, but retire. And my wife and I envisioned this, buying an RV, traveling all over Texas, watching college games on Saturdays, and hopefully a church will allow me to preach on Sundays. So based on that, is it the wise thing to do to get into debt now? Or is it the wise thing to do to save up for now so we can do our future hopes and dreams? Here's what we need to tell ourselves, especially if you're married and your wife wants a new car. You say this, and this is what Andy Stanley says. It's no for now, but not forever. Can you say that with me? It's no for now. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not going to have it. You just need to ask yourself, is it the wise thing to do right now? That's the first Question. Second question, it's called the conscience question. The conscience question. And here's a question we need to ask ourselves before we make a decision. Here it is. Is there a tension that deserves my attention? Is there a tension that deserves my attention? Again, if you have your Bibles with you, open up to 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. Let me give us a little bit of context. King David has been anointed by God to be the future king of Israel. But in the, in the meantime, and I, and I encourage you to read the story. In the meantime, the people of Israel have selected another guy, tall, handsome King Saul. But then King Saul goes cocoa for cocoa puffs one day and starts to chase David. And, and tries to kill him every day. So David goes and flees. He's on the run. He's hiding in different caves all over the place. And he's got people with him. And here's where we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. When Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, they told him, look, your enemy, David, is in the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000. That's a lot. He must be really Cocoa for Cocoa Puffs. He took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel. And he and his men went to search for David in the direction of the rocks of the mountain goats. He came to the sheep pens beside the road and a cave was there. Then Saul went in to relieve himself. Yes, he had to go potty. So he goes potty, right? Now David, now check this. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost part of the cave. What are the odds? That's crazy. Of all the caves and all the wilderness, Saul chooses to go potty in the cave that David and his men are hiding. Watch what happens next. And David's men said to him, look, today is the day about which Yahweh said to you, see, I'm giving your enemy into your hand and you can do to him whatever seems good to you. David's men are telling David, wow. What are the odds? This has got to be God's will. He's delivering him to you. But David pays attention to his hesitation. There's a tension within him. And he's probably thinking to himself, wait a second. This is not the way God wants me to take over as king. If I had to do this, this is murder. And that is not God's will. So look at what he does. Verse 4 again. So David got up and secretly cut the hem of Saul's robe. And then afterward David felt guilty. Because he had cut off the hem of his robe. 
And he said to his men, far be it from me in Yahweh that I do this thing to my Lord, to Yahweh's, I love that, to Yahweh's anointed one by stretching out my hand against him. For he is the anointed one of Yahweh. So David rebuked his men with the words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. Now think about this decision that David made. There was a tension. Man, I can only imagine. He's thinking to himself, this is it. I can go home. I can be with my family. My men can be with their families. But he hesitated. He realized that that wasn't the will of God. There was a tension that deserved his attention, so we paused. I know some of you have a big decision to make, either now or sometime in this new year. Slow down. If there's any hesitation, stop. And I really recommend you go to God's word and pray. I really recommend to seek counsel. But see, we are just too quick to make a decision where we should stop and just think. The last question we'll cover today is called the legacy question, which to me is the most important. The legacy question. Here's a question we need to ask ourselves. What story do you want to be told about yourself? What legacy do you want to leave behind? Now turn forward to 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is a very familiar story to most of us. 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. Here's how Samuel starts. In the spring of the year, that time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Amorites and besieged Rabbah. But David, David remained in Jerusalem. Bad choice, David. Bad decision, number one. Verse two, he says, it happened late one afternoon. Notice, again, what Samuel says. It happened. We all know what happened late that afternoon. The beginning of David's downfall because of a bad decision. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. Church, I guarantee you if David could do it all over again, he would have stopped right there and said, what am I doing? He would have gone downstairs, picked up his bag, picked up his sword and gone out with the kings like he should have done in the very beginning but we know that's not what he did. Verse 3, and David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? I love this. Whoever David sends out, the guy comes back and he's saying it in this kind of tone. Not the Agas, David. You know who he is. Come on, man. She's married. She's a married woman and she's married to your good and faithful soldier Uriah, which is out there battling where you should be. But he didn't say that. He was thinking it. He is the king. And so he says, man. But yet, after that warning, David doesn't stop. He continues. Verse 4. So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him and he lay with her. 
Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Uncleanness. Uncleanness, sorry. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she went and told David, I am pregnant. Bad decision after bad decision led to a story of David's downfall that after a thousand upon thousand years, we're still talking about it. Now think about this. At least for me, when I hear the name King David, you know what the first thing that comes to my mind is this story. Not young shepherd David who killed Goliath. No, no. When you hear about King David, the king of Israel, most of us relate to this story. We think immediately Bathsheba, adultery, murder. That's the legacy that King David chose to leave behind because of his bad decision. Church, we are making our lives, building our story, one decision at a time. And we choose how our story will unfold. And I've seen it time and time and time again where one bad decision breaks the family apart. I've seen it time and time again when one bad decision from a leader and a church tears the church apart. Families ruined because of bad choices we make. So let me ask you, what will your story tell? What legacy is your life leaving behind? The other day I was talking to my boys and I told them this, that I pray that I'm leaving to you a good legacy. That our hope between your mom and I is that not only when you get married that you want to be with us, that hopefully you want to be like us. That I'm praying and I'm hoping that we've been an example in our marriage that you want to pass that legacy on to my grandchildren. What legacy are you leaving behind? What will your children be telling their children, your grandchildren? When they ask your kids, mom, dad, what was grandpa, grandma like? What are they going to say? Will your children say, well, you know, growing up, your grandparents, they fought all the time. And you know what? Your grandfather, my dad, left. He was a coward. And he didn't stay and fight for his marriage. I'm not going to be like that. And I hope you're not going to be like that. That is a story, unfortunately, that I see in our community. Where marriages are torn apart because one person doesn't make the right decision. One person ruins the life, the legacy of so many to come. What story are you going to leave behind? I pray that when your children are talking to your grandchildren and they ask, how was your marriage? That they would say, man, our marriage, the way mom and dad are married is because of your grandparents. Pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. That's the decision we need to make right now because we're writing the story of our lives that will be told for generations to come and I hope I hope it's a story that you will be proud of I want this year church 2023 to be truly a year 
of renewal, of transformation. Transformation in the way we make decisions. Transformation in the way we lead in our household, in our community. Transformation in the way we do marriage to leave a legacy. Transformation in the way we do community so others can come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But for now, as we leave today, I pray that when you make a decision, you ask yourselves these three things. Is it the wise thing to do? Not right or wrong. Is it the wise thing to do based on my past situation, my current situation, and my future hopes and dreams? Is it the wise thing to do? I pray as we leave through these doors, before we make any decision, we pay attention. And if there's any hesitation, hesitation, we slow down. I pray that as we leave these doors, we truly change and start a new year wanting to write a story, a good story, a godly story that will be told for generations to generations and generations. We're starting a new chapter in Grace Bible Church. It's a new beginning. Let's be a church that continues to share the good news and living out this word in everything that we do by the renewal of our minds, by being transformed through the Holy Spirit from the inside out. I love you, church. Let's pray. Father God, we do love you and praise you. We thank you so much. That you did not leave us. You left us the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So I pray through him and to him that we are renewed. A total change. That we're not the people we want to be. But we're definitely not the people we used to be. Keep changing us, sanctifying us. That we can make the wise thing in everything that we do. That we totally are an offering, a sacrifice in our lifestyle to you, Father. Let this be a great year, a new year, not only a, a year of renewal, but a year of revival. Give us the courage to invite, no excuse, there's space that everybody not know about grace, but know about you, Father, Jesus Christ. Change us from the inside out and let us be more like your son every day. We pray this for this new year and it's his name we pray and Amen. Again, I love you, church. Happy New Year. See you next week. San Isidro, 10 a.m., 11.30. God bless.